Eureka with Alicia, episode number one. Hi friends, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. It is a gorgeous day in Anchorage, Alaska. Summer is finally here. I think it's safe to say it's going to stop snowing for a while. Today we are talking about hitting rock bottom and why hitting rock bottom really isn't so bad and why there's no reason to wait until you do hit rock bottom before you can start actually improving your mental and emotional health. So I've had several rock bottoms in my life. I would say so. But I'm just going to tell you about the two biggest rock bottoms today. These two would be like a nine on the Richter scale. Like the ground swallowing up cars and entire buildings all at once. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I live in Anchorage, so snow and earthquakes. So anyway, hopefully you got that analogy. The first one happened when I was 20 years old. And I had been suffering from undiagnosed untreated anxiety and depression for several months if you can hear my dog barking it's just just get used to it she's she's a barker so I really hadn't known something was happening there I didn't have much awareness at that time and I had spent most of my childhood like totally checked out in that spaceship of trying to escape my physical body just being up in my head. So in my eyes, I was totally normal and pretty healthy during this stage of my life. How did I choose to spend my time during this period, you ask? Well, if I wasn't sleeping until about 3 p.m. while simultaneously skipping my college classes, I was drinking alcohol, baby. Drinking was my entire purpose at this point in my life. I was so good at it. It was my profession. I wasn't even 21 yet, and I was a well-seasoned drinker, my friend. It's what motivated me. Like, I'm not joking. It's what motivated me to get out of bed, and it's what helped me stop feeling all my shitty feelings. It did, it did all that for me. Thank you, alcohol. So I didn't just, like, sip and play. I was drinking as a sport, as much as I could, as fast as I could. And I was very competitive. The whole point was to like play the drinking games, right? And I was very competitive. I would frequently black out and most evenings would end with me like throwing up outside of some stranger's house party because my body couldn't handle the amount of poison I was consuming. So, of course, the night of this first rock bottom, drinking was involved, and so is jail. But we'll get to that soon. So there we were in this tiny, shitty college apartment. It stunk like trash and cheap beer and looked like it had been decorated by a 10-year-old boy. And we were, of course, pre-gaming with alcohol before we went out to drink even more alcohol. Very typical unfolding of events for a random Wednesday. Uh, and of course, I volunteered to drive that day because I had a death wish, I guess. So it's like a four minute drive to this divey bar on our college campus. 
And we, of course, get right into the bar, even though we're underage. Um, And also for legal purposes, everything in this podcast is based on fictional events and is completely made up. Thank you. So the first thing we do is we go straight to the bar. And here's what 20-year-old Alicia orders. Let's take a look. Not one, but two shots of whiskey and a light beer. So I take these shots and chase them with the beer. Um, And the idea of this makes me nauseous right now. Just saying it out loud. I am shivering imagining doing this. And, And so we were just getting started. The night was very young. But then all of a sudden, a big fight broke out. These two dudes. And it's a really tiny, tiny bar. And after they pulled the guys apart... They did something they had never done before. They said, everyone's got to get out. We're just closing because you're all a bunch of little assholes. So we had to leave. We, we weren't planning to be leaving that soon. And we all get back into my car, somehow leaving with more people than we arrived with. And we're just like shoving each other in, totally not using seatbelts. It's like a Chevy Cobalt, um, tiny. So... We just decide to head back to the apartment. We'll just drink there, right? It'll be fun. You literally only had to make one left turn and one right turn to get back to this apartment. Super close. And this is where my mentioning of jail occurred. While I was driving, people are like climbing over each other and screaming and and I'm just in the driver's seat. And there was a mental shift inside of me. As I was making the right turn, I had a thought, and it sounded something like, I just don't care anymore. It was a very dark thought. It was kind of a, an emotional surrender, like, fuck it, I can't do this. I don't care. I don't care what happens. I don't care about me. I don't care about them. I just don't fucking care. And all of this was happening while One Direction was playing on my radio. (laughs) You don't know you're beautiful. You know the one. You don't know you're beautiful. Okay, so I was just wanting to give this moment a time stamp. Um, So it was like I had sent a direct message out to the universe once I had this mental shift. And the universe instantly received it and responded with immediate flashing red and blue lights behind me. It was instantaneous, like all at once this happened. I looked to the like eight or 10 friends squeezed into my tiny ass car and said, well, I'm about to get arrested. And that I was my friend that I was. So I thought this rock bottom would be by far the worst to ever happen to me, but it actually wasn't. And here's why I got this DIY I get the court-mandated therapy uh, because the number I blew for my blood alcohol content was considered like a catastrophic alcoholic, which it makes sense, right? I was. I mean, you heard my drink order. I had to go to AA meetings for months. I had to do some community service, and I really thought I would change after all of this. I wanted to make this vow to stop drinking or to just drink less in a more like socially normal manner. I reconnected to something spiritual inside of me during this process. I did want to do better, to feel better. And I wasn't even 21 still. 
So I didn't mention this, but I had been living in Reno, Nevada. I'd been going to the university there. So I decided to move back to Anchorage, Alaska, where I call home right after this. And I just went right back to it, right back to blacking out, living to drink, living to party and play drinking games, right back into my old habits. But this rock bottom did change me. I was still exhibiting all the same behaviors, but now I knew it wasn't healthy. Now I had an idea that I wasn't totally fine. And that remained in the back of my mind. There was more awareness. Cut to age 25, rock bottom number two. Come on down. This one didn't happen overnight. It wasn't as clear cut. It was painfully stretched over the next couple of years. It had no single obvious moment. It was just a sequence of panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. It was party after party, escape after escape. I was functioning. I'm sure everyone thought I was fine, but I wasn't. I somehow managed to graduate from college during this time, uh, and I had been in a relationship for about six years, but I had no direction, not even one direction. (laughs) I was lost. I didn't want to start a career at all. I did not want to get married. I was so anxious and so depressed, but I wasn't letting myself realize that. All the things I thought I should be doing, the things that were supposed to come next for me, I just couldn't. So finally, I decided to move back in with my mom at the age of 27, and I ended that relationship. And this was terrifying. All of it. I felt like a failure, an embarrassment, like such a loser, and I wanted to give up all over again. But this time my surrender wasn't born from a sense of self-loathing. It was born out of a real sense of self-love. I didn't want to hurt and suffer anymore. I wanted to help myself, and I was actually willing to try to help myself this time, give it an actual shot. Not just run back to those old patterns and habits and vices. So I went to Barnes and Noble and I picked up some help books. Self-help books, I mean. I even picked up my old AA binders and therapy worksheets. I sort of secluded myself from the world for a while. It's like my fear of humiliation actually helped me begin to heal. And that I did. Now that I'm on the other side of all this, now that I'm actually healthy and thriving and not lying to myself any longer, now that I no longer have the crippling anxiety and depression dictating my every move, I realize these rock bottoms were 100% in service of this higher functioning self that I am today. They were never there to hurt me or to make my life harder. They were there to fucking save my ass, to save me from myself. 
They were the clear guideposts I needed to lead me back to the mental well-being and the emotional health I knew I deserved. I chose to wait until my rock bottoms became inevitable, until I had to have had several of them before I started really caring about my mental health. But you don't have to wait. You can do something about it right now. You can jump these steps. You can reach out to someone, to me, to a life coach. You can reach out to the Googles. There are more things available to us now than there were 10 years ago when I felt like I was alone on an island suffering. There are existing solutions right now that 50 years ago, 100 years ago, did not exist. So there's no need to wait until you hit rock bottom. You can do something about this today. But even if your rock bottom does inevitably come, just know they are there to help nudge you in the right direction. It's not a bad thing. And those rock bottoms won't stop coming until you're ready to realize you aren't meant to suffer. You are meant to live a healthy, fulfilling, rewarding life. You deserve that. There is so much love waiting for you on this journey, on the other side of your healing. If no one has told you yet today or this month or this year or in your entire lifetime, incredible mental health is 100% possible for you no matter how many rock bottoms you've hit and no matter how long you've suffered with anxiety, depression, or what have you. You absolutely deserve to live the life of your dreams. So please remember that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to see you next time. Adios.